0: Great West College Hockey Podcast from the Skate Studios is brought to you by Liberty University. Bring your faith and your game to the premier ACHAM1 program on the East Coast. See us at liberty.edu. M-Drive, honest ingredients, real science. Take our quiz at mdriveformen.com and see which of our products are right for you. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos. With Caesars Rewards, members can enjoy rates as low as That's $10 a room. UNLV Hockey. Follow the Skate and Rebels Championship run all season long. For schedule and ticket information, go to rebelhockey.com. Drury Inns and Suites. Travel happy again. Book your room at one of our over 150 locations at druryhotels.com. University of Oklahoma Hockey. Big school, big dreams. For schedules and tickets, go to ouhockey.net. AT&T Wireless, where both new and existing customers always get our best deals. University of Arizona Hockey, be part of building not just a championship culture, but the future. Visit ArizonaWildcatHockey.org. Summer Skates, order your custom koozies or shower shoes at summerskates.com and show your game in comfort and style. University of Central Oklahoma, a top-ranked education and an elite college hockey experience For more information, go to uco.edu or ucohockey.com. Jesse Ray's Barbecue at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas or 308 North Boulder Highway in Henderson. We are the best of barbecue Las Vegas style. San Diego State Hockey, Sun, Sand, and Hockey, as well as a top flight education at sdsu.edu and sdsuhockey.com. The Great West College Hockey Podcast is a part of the IceTimeHockeyWest.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Stephen Marsh.
1: All right. Well, welcome in, hockey fans, to the Great West College Hockey Podcast. Scott Strandy with you tonight. Uh, podcasting from a parking lot has become very, very familiar for us. My co-host, as always, Stephen March, is uh, one car over podcasting in a parking lot here uh, just outside of Jesse Ray's Barbecue in Las Vegas, Nevada. Um, it's a cool 50 degrees, but beautiful. And uh, we're a little late tonight, but that's because uh, we had to eat barbecue first at Jesse Ray's. So, Stephen, how are you?
2: I'm good. I think of this as like like when you go to the drive-in and you watch a, a movie. You might have, you know, two sets of families in different cars, but you know you're, you know, s- sitting at the the drive-in the a movie. So it's like we're doing a drive-in podcast right now.
1: Yeah, just outside of Jesse Ray's Barbecue, the newest location on uh, 308 North Boulder Highway in Henderson. Uh, Stephen said, why don't we just go to Lifeguard? I'm going like, yeah, we didn't have time and and they don't have Jesse Ray's food. So uh, we had to have that first and then get set up. But this, of course, Great West College Hockey Podcast where we talk ACHA hockey. Uh, our ACHA teams are back underway, Stephen, and there were some huge games played this last weekend uh, over the MLK holiday as well.
2: Yeah, it was. It was kind of like the first weekend where we saw a lot of action back in the ACHA. teams were kind of rolling back into their routines of practicing and, and doing games and stuff. Uh, as you mentioned, there was a big event in Oklahoma at, at the Arctic Edge ice uh, place there. Uh, a little little holiday thing, and then some other big series too. But it's good to kind of get the ACHA action back in in play, as uh, we're only well, let's see. Today's January. About two months from now, we'll be converging in uh, in Boston for the national tournament, so to speak. So it's uh it's the 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 pushes on to get your positioning to get a spot in if you're not already in, or if you are in to try to see as high as high as you can can get for that uh, national tournament.
1: Absolutely. And of course it's Wednesday. So you know what that means. The polls came out. <laughs> so, so uh, we, we got to go over that as well. Uh, we'll also talk about a big series that was played down in Tucson uh, last uh, week. We, we talked with the uh, Jeremy Goltz and uh, head coach, Chad Berman, uh, with the loss of Leo Bioski and, um, and uh, we were hoping for a good crowd. I think they had a good crowd, but um, certainly the, uh, the Wildcats came out on the short end of a really tough series. And, and we're, you know, as we said all along, the, the team on paper at the beginning of the year, the UNLV Skating Rebels, were um, were the team to beat. So I don't know that that's a big shock, but I know that uh, Chad Berman was hoping for better results from his team. And I'm sure Anthony Vigneri-Greener and uh, Nick Raboni were very, very happy with the results they got. Stephen, your thoughts on that weekend, last weekend?
2: Yeah, it was kind of interesting. as You went into the break. You know, UNLV had those three games against uh, San Diego State, Oregon, and uh, one other school that uh, escapes me right now. But they uh, they they scored a lot of goals on that weekend. And you know, you kind of go into that weekend. It was and it was the weekend before the weekend, two weekends before where they didn't have a good showing against Liberty and lost both those games. They're only two ACHA losses this year, so it's. You go into the break with those three pretty good wins, but then it's also like, okay, well, you beat those kind of teams, but what is it going to be like for when you come back from that and play tougher competition, erroneously tougher competition the teams they have coming up is going to be tougher competition. Uh, And then, of course, they go into Arizona. Arizona, of course, hadn't played yet either, so both teams were coming their first games out of the break. And uh, UNLV obviously was the the more ready team and more prepared team and – and they showed it. I mean, 5-0 win for UNLV on, on Friday night uh, with goals by Flan- Nick Flanders, uh, Brendan Manning, uh, McCollum, who's who's a stud for them. He uh, was an NCAA transfer, one of their guys that they got from the NCAA teams. Uh, Wyatt and Smith also getting goals for Aaron. And then Landon Pavelson, another, one of their, their newest goaltenders this year, and he's been uh, a stud as well. And he's got the 5-0 shutout on Friday night. So uh, Saturday night, of course – little bit closer result, but UNLV still coming out on top in that one. So, you know, UNOV doing what they have to do. You know, they they want to they want to get that number one spot, which is going to be tough because it means it's out of their control now because on State just keeps winning. But they're going to have to, uh, you know, they they want to move up and be in that top four at least. And and after the weekend they had in Arizona, they certainly got to do that. Uh, they won four two on Saturday, so. UNLV getting a couple of good wins as they get ready for their next uh, weekend's games uh, in Liberty, uh, in Virginia this weekend. So that's that, that. probably is is a good it's a good note to go into those games too. Because uh, and we'll get into that a little bit with the games coming up. But I know UNLV is smelling some uh, revenge on their minds. Is uh, after what happened in Vegas uh, back in November,
1: Lynchburg, Virginia. By the way, that's where uh, Liberty University is. Um, okay, so before we jump into more results, let's let's talk about the new poll that just came out. Um, I guess it was actually as of the, the results are as of the 15th, so a few days ago. But um, any surprises, Stephen, in the top five? I'll read them out for our audience. Uh, not State, Adrian, Ohio, uh, UNLV, and Liberty in the top five. Any surprises in your mind for those top five?
2: No, I think the only surprise, and it's not a surprise, I think maybe it's deserving because now they're starting to get the, the results to go their way and the and the recognition they deserve is Ohio. I think Ohio has been really an impressive team this year. We kind of saw it in the national tournament this past March, I guess it's not, it's 2023 now, but back in, in March of, of last year, where the Ohio had an upset, I mean, they upset uh, Minot state so that was that was really uh, exciting for them and i think i think some of that has kind of carried over into this season they th- i mean you look at their record they're 19-4-1 so uh they are uh, certainly a team to be uh, uh with and i think liberty saw that uh, this past week in fact let me look at their their result uh, from that i know the friday game was seven nothing uh for for liberty and, and ohio uh if i can find it here but yeah, it was in the if, favor of Ohio. <laughs> if, well, I don't
1: Ohio won that one seven nothing, right?
2: Yeah, they, they did. But that might have been the weekend weekend before. And I don't think it was this past weekend. I can't find the the score. But yeah, it was they had a seven nothing win over for, over Liberty one of the nights and then and I think they played again the next night and and I'm not I can't remember what happened there. I'd have to try and scroll. Through. Oh there it is. Seven nothing, yeah. Ohio it was in, in Ohio actually. Seven nothing win for uh Ohio over uh Liberty, and then if you go to the Saturday results, I think, uh, let me see if I can. That's
1: Stephen Marsh doing podcasting live on the air, folks. Uh, while he does that, I will tell you who 6 through 10 are. Uh, Central Oklahoma at 6, Indiana Tech at 7, Jamestown at 8, Pittsburgh at 9, and Grand Valley State pulling in the number 10 spot. Um, your thoughts on any of those, Stephen? I know we haven't seen much of those, but Jamestown is a team that, continues to surprise me. I know they're pretty good and I know they've beaten some teams, but goodness, who do they play besides Minot?
2: Yeah, they don't <laughs> who knows? I mean, it, it seems like those two teams play each other about 10 times uh, uh, before I get to that, though, I do want to follow up. Ohio did beat Liberty on Saturday 5-2, to two, so that that's a 10 to margin. They beat Liberty in two games. Uh, so I think, you know, them jumping as many spots as they did I think... Okay,
1: let, let, let's correct your math. Not 10 to. 12 <laughs> two yes uh. Stephen Marsh doing math on the air hey before we get into any more let me tell you the math that I did I don't know if you saw this on Twitter but when I uh, I talked with uh, Mike Hastings the coach at um, Minnesota State this weekend on the first game on Friday the 13th you got to listen closely uh, numbers 12 13 and 14 scored goals okay in succession 12 13 14 then that totals 39. If you divide thirty-nine by three, that's thirteen. It was the thirteenth win for the uh, Mavericks on Friday the thirteenth. How's that for math? That's which is why it was Friday the thirteenth. <laughs> <laughs> that's what he comes back with, folks. <laughs> that's what he comes back with at me after all my great math work. Uh, anyway, uh, I, I, thought didn't that was so math. I didn't no, know you were so good at math. No, I didn't know I was math. either. I, I just thought that was ironic. Since you're
2: so good at math, let's fig- let's try to figure out these uh, rankings. <laughs> Do the math on that. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, you're funny, aren't you? Um, okay, so uh, I gave you six, seven, eight, nine, and 10 at Central Oklahoma, Indiana Tech, Jamestown, Pittsburgh, Grand Valley State. Your thoughts when you uh, see those, are they in the right spot, Stephen?
2: I think so. Just looking at first glance, I think at this point of the season, I think we're seeing the teams that are at the top. Uh, going to be at the top, uh, you know. I guess Grand Valley State's kind of a, a surprise. I mean, they're number ten. They jumped from fourteen to ten. So, uh, you know, I don't know too much about them, but you know, that's not a name I've seen on this list too much uh, over the last few years. So it's kind of nice to see them in the mix. Uh, Pittsburgh has been in it before, but they're usually kind of, you know, they're kind of usually in thirteen. But you know that right now they're at nine. So you know these these spots here between nine and well, even you know between nine and really the, the end of the the list here, well the the eighteen the, the cutoff for the national tournament, there will probably still be a lot of fluctuating because a lot of these teams are probably pretty close. If you look at the averages from those uh, those polls and stuff that they use to, to make this up or to determine it. I
1: think (laughs) oh boy that was a freudian slip (laughs) (laughs) not make it up
0: (laughs) make up the list but not make it up you know
2: there's 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 some math that goes with it but
1: uh you know okay so let, let me give you 11 through uh 15 then that's maryville 11 lawrence tech at 12. illinois state at 13. niagara at 14 and calvin at 15. your thoughts on them
2: yeah i think it's fine i mean niagara drops a few spots i don't think that's you know, I don't again without knowing too much about about that them a little bit. Uh, you know, Maryville is a, a team that's been impressive all year. Uh, they've been kind of up and down. Right now, they're up. They're, they're at 11. They were at 16, so that's that's impressive. Uh, I think they had a couple of wins this past weekend against uh, Missouri State, so that helped. Uh, it was in Missouri State, which is nice because you win on the road, and I'm sure it, you know it's always tough to win on the road. So the fact that they were able to do it the way they did. Was impressive uh, so that was that was that was great I mean all those uh, Calvin is you know 14 4 and 3 you know what we're not seeing is teams that are at 500 or below 500 in this mix because you know we see that a lot in the early part of the season and we, we always complain and stuff it gives us fodder for shows like this but right now you're not seeing that which which is good I mean I mean you know every team pretty deserving I mean we're gonna to get to a couple teams probably down towards the bottom I know your favorite teams coming up in just a few few minutes here that's hanging on at number
1: uh, 18 but <laughs> <laughs> okay so let me give you 16 through 20 uh, Arizona at 16 Stony Brook 17 Arizona State 18 Indiana Pennsylvania 19, Utah 20. So Utah snuck back up almost to the same spot where they were at last year when the tournament came around and found themselves just a a spot or two out because, of course, there are the auto bids that will take a couple of spots. But um, I I think Utah's climb is is pretty good too right now, right?
2: It is. It's going to be tough for them because I don't believe they have a lot of games left I think their schedule is kind of light I think it's basically WCHL teams I think actually I think they think they well they they were able to take advantage of San Diego State this past weekend because they really pounded on them and we know we've talked about the struggles right now that San Diego has uh, with their team and not you know just with being able to you know the personnel they have available for their for their squad and stuff so it's been been kind of rough this year they hope to change that for next season obviously but right now it's been tough to get through the season but uh they are going to play san diego state again um but you know i don't. how much does that really help them in this rankings i mean it, you're going to get it goal differential wise but it's a team that's i think i think they're like towards the bottom of the whole acha yeah, they're Division 68 one. right now yeah so I, so that's that's not really going to help them but they need to They'll need to win those games for sure. Then, then they still got to play UNLV in Salt Lake City. I think they still going to play. Uh, I think they still going to play Central Oklahoma. They're going to host. Uh, I think Central Oklahoma, or they're going to host Missouri. I, I have to look at their schedule, but they still they got some tough games still ahead of them, especially if they still play Central Oklahoma, because that's going to be a, a really tough tough series if that's the case. But uh, so it's. I mean, this is the time, though. I mean, if you're going to make the national tournament, uh, you need to put on a good run. And we kind of saw. You know, it was kind of up and down the first part of the year. They had they had some wins. They were in some games, and then they lost some some games they probably should have won, and that's probably put them in the position they are. So they're still at 20. You know, 18 is – you know, there's 20 teams that get in, but there's always going to be some auto bids that kind of take a couple of these these bubble spots away usually. So, you know, to they, be comfortable, you want to be probably around 18, 17. Uh, so this, yeah, again, this is where they kind of were last year. So they, they really have to, to really impress this, this later part of the schedule.
1: Okay. So let's check out the rest of the teams in our coverage how about area. You,
2: how about you and Arizona state? What do you want to say about, about yeah. them? They're 10 and 10 and they're, uh, they're, they're, they're right, right they, where they're they should right, be. Right at 18 right there.
1: Yeah. They're right where they should be. That's uh, I think the computers have balanced out correctly. Um, anyway. Uh, the rest of the teams in our coverage area, Missouri State comes in at 27, Colorado State right behind them at 28, and Grand Canyon right behind them at 30. So there's a little log jam right there. Then we jump down Oregon at 33, Colorado at 34, Oklahoma comes in at 38. Um, let me see what else. Uh, who else we have? San Diego State, I already mentioned, at 68. So that kind of rounds out the teams in our coverage area. Um, so let me ask you, Steven, there's that little log jam, 27, 28 and 30. How far can those guys move up? Do they have a shot still? Or is it, um, nah, probably not. You're talking about the teams that are, I'm talking about the 27, 28 and 30 in Missouri state, Colorado state, grand Canyon. Is there any way at this point in the season where they can bump themselves up and get into the top 18 as we just mentioned?
2: I don't, I don't want to say it's it's impossible, but it's it seems very unlikely that that is quite a climb to to do, and you have to you're going to have to get a lot of help with these other teams, and I don't, I mean, unless one of these teams really struggles, I think it's going to be really tough for them. You know, if if those teams had a chance to win an auto bid and win a conference and, and get in, they do, but these are, you're talking about the WCHL teams that are out of the picture right now and Oregon and stuff, so it's they're not gonna have that opportunity. So the only way they can get in is if they can get in the in the top eighteen or nineteen or whatever ends up being you know if 20 gets in but you know we, we, we keep referencing there's probably gonna be a couple spots stolen by auto bids not stolen uh, earned by auto bids so that that takes a couple of spots away from that but uh you know so I think it's I think it's going to be be tough for them and of course the WCHL does not do a, a conference tournament which some of these conferences do which is why that happens so they couldn't like just put on a run for like four games and, and steal a, a, a bid that way so you know, it's it's going to be really tough for them. I can say it's impossible, but it's going to be really tough. And and Missouri State uh, had the chance last weekend, but again, they lost. to They lost, so uh, that didn't help. They lost to Maryville, which is a good team. And and Missouri State is, and then uh, you know the other teams. that You mentioned Colorado. It, it's just going to be really tough. Uh, so I won't I won't say it's impossible, but I, I just see it's very unlikely.
1: You know, we look at the same thing uh, in the NCAA at the the independents that are in our coverage area, and we say. You know what? Yeah, there's a certain point of no return where you you just don't have enough games left, enough opportunity to move up. And I think that hit Arizona State really hard last, last weekend in the NCAA tournament because they are, as far as getting to the tournament, because they felt they had to at least split, if not sweep, Minnesota State, and they and they ended up losing both uh, at home. And, and that really, uh, you could tell the players knew, especially the seniors I saw, three or four of the uh, seniors just kind of mulling around at center ice after the game, you could see they were pretty distraught uh, realizing that, you know, maybe their opportunity to go, not maybe their opportunity to go to the NCAA tournament is over. And you kind of think that same way for the ACHA guys, you know, Uh, you get to a certain point and you go, and and we mentioned this, right? We said that it's going to be, maybe the talent is there, but it's going to be hard to get, five or six teams in like I was talking about just because it's kind of cannibalism right they play each other they knock each other around
2: yeah I mean look at look at UNLV and Arizona both really good teams uh, but they played each other two games UNLV won the two games they're gonna play each other two more times so that's a potential for either UNLV it's it's more it's it's more I think it's gonna be more important for for Arizona but both teams are kind of a different spots of where they want to get to. UNLV wants to maintain at least the top four. You know, try to get number one as your goal. But Minot's got, I think, got that kind of securely right now. So you want one of those top four spots, uh, which is what they had last year. And they were able to, to have the run that they did. Uh, Arizona's right now at 16. And I think they'll probably be able to, to get in with the games that they have left. But you know, a couple more losses to UNLV. Um, you know, they're going to be in Vegas. Uh, you know, if they're close games, they might survive it. But if they're, you know, if UNLV has another five nothing showing or another f- game like that, uh, that could put Arizona in the danger zone of not making it at all. So, it's uh yeah. So it's it, and we see that throughout the WCHL, where maybe some of those lower teams can play spoiler to some of the, the top teams. We kind of saw it last year with, with Utah. They needed to they needed to win those last two games. To probably maybe get a spot, not guaranteed to get a spot, but to put themselves in a position to maybe get that that final spot open, and and they couldn't they couldn't do it. I think they they, they lost in overtime, or they they couldn't. And I think it was against a WCHL team. So uh, or maybe it was Oregon. I can't remember, but it was uh, you know. So it's 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 tough. But yeah, the WCHL is so good. There's a lot of good teams, and I think we've talked about there's teams that have been surprising for in good ways. There's been teams that have been, it's been surprising maybe not, not so good. Surprising that they're not performing to their capabilities. uh. You know, so I think, I think it is, it's, it's kind of the product of that. I think, I think we're probably going to see four get in comfortably, five maybe, but you know, we were talking about six at one point this season. That seems unlikely now. Um, five maybe still kind of can be, uh, uh, that seems like a stretch still, because now you're talking, you know, UNLV is going to be in for sure. I'm, 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 unless something unforeseen happens, Central Oklahoma's right there. Uh, you know, one of those teams are probably going to win the WCHL anyway, so they'll get the auto bid, and then the other will be in as well. So those two teams, uh, Arizona. You know, it's kind of. I mean, they're 16. I mean, they're not. They're not safe yet by any means. So, but they're. they You know, that's another team that's right now in the mix. We talked about Utah's kind of on the cusp, and other than that, that's that's all the teams that are in the in the top 25 right now. So, you know, we're going to get two in. For for sure, three, yes, four, maybe, but yeah, I, I, maybe five. I guess doesn't even seem possible now at this point, or it doesn't seem probable at this point.
1: Yeah, that was going to be my my thought as well. I I think that that you know if we get four solidly, I think now you start hoping that those four get good draws because uh, you can see and you you witnessed this firsthand last year. Uh, being at the national tournament the whole time that uh it means something depending on where you uh you land right cuz all those 20 teams that get in to the M1 tournament are good teams but you want to kind of play them in the right order don't you Yeah you
2: do I mean there's there's going to be upsets but I mean if you look at you look at the uh the Saturday games the you know the when the tournament I mean, it starts on the Thursday. You know, you get the, the 13 through 20 teams play each other, and then the next day those teams play the top four teams, and then the top four teams get a break. They don't play that day, and then you get Seeds 5 through 12 to play, and then, of course, then that starts the the, the quarterfinals, the semifinals, and then the finals. But uh, you, you do want those top four spots. It, it makes your path a little bit easier, and the teams you get are not going to be – Um, you know unless you get like a team like central Oklahoma who was really hot and had to play a ton of hockey and they were running on adrenaline and and they got through and 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 of course you look at a team like Ohio who upset Minot State so that kind of made some some quarter stuff so you're gonna probably see some upsets again I think we've talked about that before too is that I think more so maybe than than before uh, there's there's more of a balance uh, with really good teams and so I think you know, if you you want to be in a better position, one through four, because it's less likely you're going to get upset. But um, you know, the, the those middle those middle teams, the five through twelve kind of games, there, there's some there's some upsets uh, potential there. The teams are probably a little bit more uh, evenly matched in in some in most cases. It makes for some good games, but it doesn't guarantee anything. So, um, yeah, I mean, you you definitely want to be in that in that top four, uh, but it doesn't mean necessarily that you can't make a run if you're not, uh, you know, but you certainly want to be in the top 10 to give you a a better chance, I guess. But, uh, but yeah, certainly if you're in the top four, I mean, Lindenwood was the number one team and they ended up winning the whole thing. And, and, you know, that, that can happen again, but,
1: well, I think I think what you're getting at on this whole—I <laughs> yeah, whole don't know deal, if I got it got anywhere on that. <laughs> uh, you took me around in a circle. That might have been a, little, a big yeah. <laughs> I'm a little dizzy right now, but anyway, um, at least you're at the car next to me and not in this car because if you were in there, I'd be really dizzy. Anyway, um, what you're saying is when you get to that national tournament, one through four is critical, I think, um, and then I think after that, you got to try to avoid that playing game, if you will, or playing games. Um, because that's where it, it becomes intense, right? Um, it's one and done, as you know. Uh, you don't want to travel all the way to Boston and find out that you play one game and you're done. That would be just, you know, and that's going to happen for some teams, unfortunately. Um, so you look at trying to set yourself up from here until, you know, first week in March, let's say, and by, have- um, by getting yourself in the right position in the in the polls.
2: Yeah, no question. I mean, and you know, those there's 13 through 20 teams. It's a real tough. It's a real tough stretch for them because they will have to. They will have. They have to play that extra day. So it's, it's if they if they win the first day, then they play the the one through one of the one through four teams, which is very tough. But it can happen as we saw Ohio do it last year, and then they have a day off, and then they have to potentially play three more days after that. If you're the four, if you're the one through four, you play the first day or you play the second day of the tournament. If you win, you know. If you win, then you then you don't play a day, and then you have three more games, which is not un, undoable. And then if you're the five through twelve, they have the hardest. They don't, yeah, they don't start till the Saturday of the tournament, but they would have to play four straight days if they wanted to make it all the way uh, to the end. So, um, you know what I call
1: those teams? I call those my teams. You know why? Because <laughs> I generally won't get there till Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> right so you got to get out there early take everything on and then i get there sunday and just due to my ncaa responsibilities i get there sunday and be there sunday monday and tuesday and then i'll uh i'll be there to crown a champion for you
2: nice <laughs> nice and we'll have to right. do i won't have to do it all myself
1: <laughs> just the first half that's not busy
2: no no not but you're just gonna come in when when there's there's only two games or whatever when they're, when they're
1: narrowed i'm gonna come in when they're narrowed down to the final four <laughs> anyway uh we'll talk more about that in in a bit we'll also talk a little bit about what happened at arctic edge ice arena because there was a pretty good tournament going on down there i i'd hope that it maybe i could get down there but you know my body just can only be so many places at one time and. Uh, I wasn't able to get there, but let's take a quick break. Let's come back, and uh, let's dig into Arctic Edge. I'll give Stephen some time to do his research because I know he's got to do that to, uh, to find those scores and games, but we'll be back here in just a couple of minutes.
0: Championship pedigree, world-class coaching, and first-class facilities are all a part of the ACHA experience at Adrian College bulldogs look to raise their third national championship banner in the last five years at Arrington ice arena one of the best facilities in all college hockey get a big school hockey feel with all of the educational advantages of a private education for more information go to adrianbulldogs.com or adrian.edu Customizable for your team or with your favorite player's name and number, summer skates—the ultimate hockey player's footwear—are perfect for players in the desert or even for just wearing around the house. Head to Icetimehockeywest.com and click on the summer skates link to get your personalized koozies and shower shoes today. Play at the premier ACHA D1 men's program on the East Coast and prepare yourself for life and career at liberty university in lynchburg virginia sellout crowds top competition and championship aspirations await you on our picturesque campus with state-of-the-art facilities gifted faculty and over 700 programs of study to help you make an impact on and off the ice as well as your community training as a champion for christ if your faith in yourself and your beliefs are equally as strong See if Liberty Hockey and Liberty University is right for you. Visit us at liberty.edu. When you talk about the best of Las Vegas, you're talking about the best of the best. So when you're Jesse Ray's barbecue and you're a three-time winner of the Best of Las Vegas award, that speaks for itself. Whether it's the original location at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas, or the new location at 308 North Boulder Highway in Henderson, come and savor our People's Choice award-winning barbecue ribs, or maybe just come in and pick up a bottle of our best in Las Vegas barbecue sauce to take home. Open seven days a week, you can order online at JessieRay'sBarbecue.com, and for an occasion that will be remembered for a long time. Call us for all of your catering projects at Jesse Ray's Barbecue today. When you put on that Central Oklahoma Broncos jersey, you represent a championship culture on the ice and in the classroom. Two time ACHA M1 national champions four-time WCHL champions, and named a best in the West college by U.S. News and World Report, UCO hits all of the benchmarks for an elite college hockey experience. Our Edmond, Oklahoma campus, which is just minutes from downtown Oklahoma City, has over 100 areas of study and over 200 student organizations to help you find your fit. Whether it's our stunning 210-acre campus or our NCAA-level hockey environment, go to uco.edu or ucohockey.com and see if Oklahoma's Metropolitan University is for you. Passion, talent, development. NCAA hockey offers all that, and its players graduate at a 93% rate. Trevor Zegris. And they score on the lacrosse move. Jake Gensel. Gensel Gensel. banks it towards the goalie score. Gail McCall campus before the nhl stage whether you're a fan or a player nothing compares to college hockey oh my visit collegehockeyinc.com and follow at college hockey as san diego state begins its first season of acham one hockey be a part of the foundation as the aztecs look to build a new chapter in the city's long hockey history In addition to our growing hockey program, the more than 36,000 SDSU students in our many degree programs from bachelor's to doctorate enjoy the best of higher education and lifestyle. Go to sdsu.edu to see if our unique diverse experiences for you and visit sdsuhockey.com to support the top college hockey program in California. Oklahoma Sooners Hockey, celebrating 20 years of big hits, 20 years of big saves, and 20 years of big goals. Go to OUHockey.net and get your season or single-game tickets to see the Sooners take on national powers, Minot State, Missouri State, and of course rival Central Oklahoma. Single-game tickets are just $10 apiece, while OU students and staff are free with their ID. Youth hockey players are also free if they wear their jerseys. 20 years of Oklahoma Sooners Hockey. The action you crave, only faster. UNLV Rebel Hockey, located in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada, is proud to partner with Ice Time Hockey Southwest. As a premier ACHA Division I university, UNLV offers a unique chance to play college hockey. Experience a pro setting in Hockey Mad Las Vegas, while you earn your degree in any of our over 300 majors in one of the world's destination cities. If this sounds right for you, then visit us at rebelhockey.com to get your future started today.
1: Hello, fans. My name is Hunter Mazzillo, and I'm number 26 for the UNLV Skating Rebels, and you're listening to the Great West College Hockey Podcast. Hello, hockey fans. This is Jesse Lowell, Captain of the Arizona Wildcats, and you are listening to the Great West College Hockey Podcast.
0: Question? Comment? Let us hear from you on our text message line at 303 943 three seven
1: seven two all right well welcome back in hockey fans to the great west college hockey podcast scott strandy with you tonight along with Stephen marsh both of us in las vegas nevada neither one of us in, in our own vehicles uh, or in the same vehicle we're in our own vehicles podcasting from a parking lot just outside of jesse ray's barbecue as uh we just finished a great meal and uh, mike you just continue to outdo yourself uh, with that fantastic uh, brisket barbecue, mac and cheese, uh, Tater tots, we had a little of everything tonight. Stephen, how, how was it? How were things that Jesse raised tonight? What do you think?
2: Yeah, it was it was as good as it usually is. Uh, it was as
1: good as advertised, as Paul Hornstein would say.
2: As good as advertised, absolutely
1: absolutely it was we'll be back tomorrow night too we're doing the uh, early show for the uh the pro hockey west report as it makes its comeback and makes its only uh debut on the uh podcast scene so pro hockey the pro hockey west report will be on tomorrow night Stephen marsh myself will be there uh at jesse ray's live so if you want to come out and see us come out get some barbecue say hello um Steven likes Dr. Pepper. I like Diet Pepsi if you want to chip in for us. so (laughs) Shameless plug. Anyway, Steven, a big big series of games played uh, this MLK weekend uh, down in Oklahoma in Edmond, Oklahoma at the Arctic Edge Ice Arena. What do you got for us? Who played who? Who won? What were the scores? You got all that good stuff in front of you now? I gave you like 10 minutes to research.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I think I've got it handled here. Uh, let's start with teams that were involved. You had Central Oklahoma, which of course it's their their facility. Uh, Illinois State. You have uh, Midland. You had Minot State, the number one team. Oklahoma University. So, so you had, or you yeah. So you had that that going on, and then Oregon, uh, the newest team in the number one uh, ranks, or the the Division One ranks. So uh, that was the the matchups, so or that was the teams involved. Now I have to. Scroll through here, but the first game, and I don't know what order these games were played in, but they'll just it's just on the score the, uh, the the scores page here. I think they had three games each day. Each team played got a chance to play. Uh, well, three different teams, I guess. So it was uh that was how it was set up. It wasn't like necessarily a tournament thing where there would be a, a winner declared. I don't believe. I think it was just teams getting an opportunity to play three games and on a holiday weekend, maybe where when there wasn't school yet to to worry about. Because I don't think the semester for a lot of schools started until uh, this past week after it usually doesn't start till uh, some schools It starts earlier I guess but it just depends on where you're where you're going to school at anyways I digress uh, Minot State Illinois State was one of the matchups on the Friday the Friday day Friday day that's redundant but uh, Minot State
1: <laughs> one on the Friday day I love it
2: <laughs> Friday day and night I guess uh, five one was the final over Minot State over uh, Illinois State. Not really a surprise there. Minot, as we talked about, how good they are uh, in that. Uh, Central Oklahoma, another really good team against Oregon, who's new, as we said, and they're and they're 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 playing tough and surprising some people. But uh, ultimately, Central Oklahoma did win that by a score of uh, four to one. Then I got to find the the last one here, which is oh here it is Oklahoma and Midland. Uh, it was a six to four Oklahoma win over Mi- over Midland. So Oklahoma, who's been kind of struggling a little bit this year, they get a big win there. Uh, Midland's struggled even more. Uh, they're three fifteen and two, so they haven't won too many games. So congrats to uh, Oklahoma on getting a, a nice six to four win on Friday. Then we go to Saturday, and in a shootout, University of Oregon beat uh, Midland uh, University. So. Uh, four to three was the final in that game. Then it was, uh, and these teams have played each other already two times back in uh, Minot State, uh, and so it was the case they got to meet again in uh, Central Oklahoma. But again, it, it's uh, so Central Oklahoma and Minot State. It was a four to one Minot State win over uh, Central Oklahoma. So that's that win that that game there. And then then the third game of that day was. Let me find it here. There it is, Illinois State, a 2-1 win in a shootout over University of Oklahoma. So a, a tough game, a close game, and Illinois State ends up winning that uh, in a uh, shootout. And we talked about how good uh, Illinois State is, so that was a good win, uh, good for Oklahoma to keep it close uh, and take it all the way to a shootout. Then on Sunday. Okay, keep going. I got one more day here, one more day. Sunday, you had Illinois State and, and Oregon play each other, and Illinois State uh, won that one uh, by a score of 2 to 1. So Oregon again tough. You know, and they, by this time you know you played three games in 3 days depending on when you played the day before, probably less time in between. And uh, so congrats to uh, Oregon again keeping it close with uh, Illinois State uh, when they played here in Vegas against UNLV in the in the last day of that thing, uh, the Rebel Classic, they kept it close with UNLV. So Kudos to them, uh, Central Oklahoma a four nothing shutout over Midland, uh, so that was on that one. And then, then Minot State finishing a weekend uh, th- a three for three success on the weekend, beating University of Oklahoma by a score of five to one. So we look at you look at the uh, results there. Minot State three wins during the weekend. Central Oklahoma two out of three, losing to, only to Minot State. And uh, so yeah, I mean. Uh, so those those are some of the things that stuck out to me and and I think it's probably a well put on thing for uh again for six teams to be able to get together in one spot like we see you know kind of like a national tournament kind of thing you know you get to play uh different teams and not have to really worry about traveling and uh and some as you said some quality teams in there some teams that you know, kind of have, have rough games, rough seasons this year. Or a team that's new on the in the M1 ranks. So I think Oregon probably really benefited by having a a weekend like this. They participated in the Rebel Classic back in los here in Las Vegas in December. They got to be a part of this uh, in January, playing there. So I, I think that helps a program like Oregon that's new at this level and is trying to establish themselves and 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 see where where they want to be as a program, which we know they want to. They have high aspirations down the road, so uh, I, that's kind of something that sticks out to me too is the Oregon's participation in this and, and the opportunity they had to be part of this.
1: Okay, so now I'm going to throw you for a loop because uh, when I was th- considering what we were going to talk about tonight and uh, considered a guest and then I thought, no, you don't know. Well, I'm traveling. Um, you know, we, we didn't know where, where we would be and when we would be there, so best not to schedule guests and screw them up. So. Here you go. Get ready for this. Um I want to talk a little bit about independent versus conference because the number 1 team in the country minus state isn't independent. The number 5 team in the country, Liberty is an independent. The um number 33 team in the country, Oregon is an independent. The uh, number 45 team, Toledo, an independent. Number 47, Alabama is an independent. And uh, number 68, San Diego State, is an independent. So uh, in the NCAA rank, Stephen, we talk about how important it is to, to be in a conference because, you know, at the very least, at the end of the year, no matter what your record is, you always have that conference tournament to keep your hopes alive for an NCAA tournament bid. But... That's not always the case. It's hard to get into a conference in the NCAA. Hopefully, that's getting easier with the transformation committee and what they're talking about. Um, So hopefully, that happens where those teams get into a conference and they have something to play for. But in the ACHA ranks, um, and we talked to Kirk Handy about this. They became independent again. And part of the reason they did it is they wanted the opportunity to be able to travel and play all the good teams. So they go to Minot. They go to Jamestown. They go to adrian they, you know they go all these places uh as an independent so my question to you stephen marsh is is there anything wrong with being an independent um two of the top five teams to tell you mel no.
2: yeah you know that's a good question i think i think there can be benefits to both scenarios i the one thing about being an independent team and i think this is the one thing that for UNLV too i think it really it really helped them i think when you're starting out you had to have to establish yourself and and show that you you can be good and if a, if a conference or a league wants to invite you in and and be part of their league i think that can be a benefit to that now that being said if you're part of a conference and i don't know because it can be if you're really good and you dominate that conference i mean you're going to always get a spot in the the tournament if you're you know if you get that auto bit but how how good is do you prepare your team because you're going to have to play conference games and you're going to have to play teams that are in your, your conference. And if they're not that good, yeah, you're winning those games, but is it really helping prepare yourself to win a national tournament? You don't have as much flexibility to maybe go out and play who you want to play because of your conference obligations. It's the case in the WCHL 20 games out of the year, they play conference teams. So you're always, you're obligated to play, uh, you know the the other teams in your division, whether it be the West or the oops, East, we call it, or Central, whatever you want to call it, um, home and away, and then and then there's some crossovers, as they as they say. But so you, you're 20 of your games in the in the in the ACHA schedule is is the WCHL. Now the WCHL is a great league, so you know you're going to get good games. It guarantees you that, but it does lessen the opportunity for you to go and play other teams that, that are not part of your your league and that are really good like Minot states or or the uh, liberties now UNLV has been able to establish a, a little thing with Liberty lately so that that's been good but uh, so there's a benefit to that now the benefit of being so that, that's one thing about an independent team is that you have the opportunity to play who you want if, if the team will will let you uh, you know if another team will will agree to it. So you're not tied down by by a conference. Now the flip side of that is that it is maybe a little bit of a tougher path uh, because if you are in a conference, you do get an uh, you do get an auto bid if you win that conference, whether it's if they just do it based on regular season or if they have a conference tournament. So you have an opportunity, but it, it, it's it's interesting. I guess it just kind of depends on what kind of. Kind of conference you're in i mean like i said unlv and the other teams in the wchl they have 20 games that they play within the the wchl and and they're you know most of those games are pretty tough there's some teams that you know aren't aren't that aren't as towards the top of the league so you know you got to play those teams but uh you know i mean yeah i mean it's it's kind of it kind of depends on the on a, the team's situation and and where they Where they end up playing, but there are definitely benefits and and maybe definitely some cons to both uh, for sure. Whether it be, like I said, flexibility and who you can play, you know, and the requirements of playing your conference opponents, but also having an identity within a conference, having a chance to win and get an auto bid or having a chance to compete for one if if that's opportunities there, and and then knowing that you're going to play some good teams depending on the league you're in. So there's definitely benefits for both scenarios and, and definitely some downsides probably for both as well
1: huh nice nice circle you brought me right back around to again (laughs) but i you did make sense actually that that did make a lot of sense Uh, i will tell you that the wchl currently in the top 20 they have four teams so that tells you they're the most dominant uh in the wc in the uh, m1 rankings with four teams in the top 20 the eschl has uh three and of course uh the glchl has uh one two i guess they have three also so um and they have one just outside they have uh oswego or uh, purdue northwest at 21 so there's there's a lot of teams that are or a lot of conferences that are they're pretty balanced as far as getting getting teams into uh the top 20 rankings but i think clearly the independence of uh of what you see with minot state and with liberty tell you that there's there's a game plan there and i think oregon is starting to follow that path it'll be interesting to see when they get a few more uh, seasons under their belt where they will be if they'll be one of those teams that will be a perennial top 10 as an independent or whether they'll join a conference or or how that'll work but i just thought that was interesting to talk a little bit about because of course these are computer rankings computer poll and um and and we see the same thing on the pairwise in the ncaa and we were just talking about that right now um, of our independents that we cover, um, there are four of them. Only Alaska Fairbanks is still alive uh, to, to earn a spot in the NCAA tournament, and by any, by no means, I should say, do they have a lock on that? They have to, uh, they have to win a lot of games and win some quality games down the stretch in order to lock that up. So I just thought that was an interesting topic to take a look at tonight when we, uh, when we looked at the uh, the rankings and and such for, for ACHA M1 hockey.
2: And and remember this too, I believe it was Maryville that switched conferences to start this season. They were playing in another conference and I can't remember which one that was, but it was the the level of competition in that the teams weren't as good, so they were this was an example of what I was saying during that big circle around. Was uh, see? I I guess I could. (laughs) If there's an opening for a White House uh, press secretary or something, maybe I'd be good at that because that's all they. Maybe that's what they do. They just circle around without actually ever saying anything, right? About answering the question, (laughs) Uh, they just say a bunch of words and hope that they get some. Anyways, (laughs) but um, but you know, so Maryville switched because now they're in a they're in a tougher conference, and I think it's benefited them because now they're kind of towards the not kind of they are towards the top. And I think they're playing tougher teams and and I think that's that's helped them and I, so I think you know because they were in another league and and they were I think they were getting in or they were winning it, but the the level of competition wasn't so good, so they were kind of just placed in the middle of the of the pack but but now it seems like they're benefiting from from moving to a conference that maybe has more tougher competition so uh there's always that too you know we, we see that sometimes teams Move around, and in, in this case, Maryville, I believe did to start this season, switch conferences.
1: Yeah, that's well said. Um, I, I guess the thing that I look at it on is also budgeting, right? If you're uh, if your school, and we know this is a pay for play, so um, when you look at your budget, and and we talked to, uh, with the guys from Oregon about that, they spent a lot of money this year, and they said if we're going to spend a lot of money traveling, we're going to go play some good teams, win, lose or draw, we're going to make it worth our while and uh, that's why they went to vegas and that's why they went to oklahoma and they went different places um to not only showcase themselves but also uh to do that so you got to have the budget if you're going to be an independent um so so that you can go play these teams on the road and and then hopefully bring them back to you but uh when you're in a conference it's uh, it's got to be cheaper right
2: yeah i mean i would think so if because a lot of as the
1: tra- I say that with the WCHL, which has teams in Oklahoma and all the way to uh, Arizona and <laughs> yeah. Nevada, yeah. Yeah. yeah, close.
2: Yeah, well, as I think, as the commissioner of that league has said before, the WCHL has said before on various things that they then when they do their podcast is that uh, geography is, is not their friend when it comes to the WCHL because there is a lot of there is a lot of traveling there, but they they do a good job of, like I said, they they play the. And I think now that they have ten teams, they only had seven before. But then they put the three in you know with UNLV, Utah, and Grand Canyon came in and made ten. So the the traveling wise, it is not terrible because UNLV. Let's say UNLV, Arizona, Arizona State. Those teams they play. They play Utah. They play Arizona. You know they'll play to Arizona. You know Arizona State. They play Grand. I'll Canyon. not forget Grand. Yeah, let's not forget Grand, Grand, Grand Canyon. Canyon. They're here too. Right, Grand Canyon. Arizona, Arizona State are all in Arizona, right? Utah, okay, not that far away. Vegas is all right, so it's all right there. And then you've got the the series, and then you go away for a series on the other divisions. So whether that be um, Central Oklahoma and Oklahoma, which are both in Oklahoma, and then you've got um, same rank, same rank now. So okay. then you've got Missouri State, got the two Colorado schools. So it's probably harder for for them. On that side, than it is for the the West teams because all the teams are pretty close geographically, uh, and then they just have to worry about one one time a year they have to go and play one of those teams out there, as opposed to you know then then they have one of those teams come and play play them. So uh, it's probably easier for the for the West teams because all those the bulk of their games in the in the in the division or in the in the WCHL player all in, either in Arizona or Utah, so or, or Nevada. So it's it's really easy. And then they have one series; they have to travel that way. Just the teams over that way, maybe a little bit tougher for them because they're 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 going to have to go to Colorado a couple of times. Well, that's not real close. I mean, you know, or Colorado has to go to Missouri State. They have to go to Oklahoma a couple of times because they have to play both those teams, and then they have to go there. So it's 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 a little bit tougher for them, I'm sure. But but overall, I think it does work out in in the long run. But yeah. It, that's the other thing too is the, is the geography sometimes can be can be great to be in a conference. You have so many teams that are within close travel proximity, so it's not too bad there. And sometimes there is some travel involved. but you know I think I think knowing that ahead of time, and I think they do do a good job of scheduling these these conference games a year or two out, I believe. in some some cases, uh, they do that. So they kind of already they already know every year they have to go here, they have to go there, they have to go here. They're going to have to go, you know, so that they already can kind of start to plan their budget and then work their schedule around, you know, what maybe their budget is and stuff like that. So if if you're independent, then you're having to always kind of, you know, you're not for sure knowing what you're going to do. I mean, maybe you try to plan your schedule two or three years out, but you don't have any set traveling that you have already set because you know you're playing your your conference opponents every year and you know every year you're going to have to go to Colorado. You know every year you have a trip to Oklahoma or a couple trips to Oklahoma force so or same with the out here west where you have to go to utah you have to go to arizona a couple three times you have to go there, you know whatever the case may be and if you're the yeah. arizona schools they even have it easier because they go they don't even leave the state for a couple of their series they either go up the highway to tempe to tucson or phoenix to tucson so it's it's even probably easier for for them too but uh, but vegas isn't too far away utah isn't too far away anyway so
1: all right final thing for me and we'll end it on this one is um Paul and I have been talking, Paul Hornstein and I, on the NCAA shows about cross-pollination between the East and the West. It's really, really hard for me at the NCAA level to uh, determine how good teams are if I don't see uh, them play other competition. I'll give you an example. Uh, A UMass, for example, if they don't come out and play um well, I'll use Quinnipiac because they're number one in the country. If Quinnipiac doesn't come and play a Minnesota or Michigan or Denver or even an Arizona state or a Colorado college, uh, if they don't come and play them or those teams don't go to play them, I can't get a feel for how good they really are. I know they only have one loss, but um, it's hard to get a feel for that because I can't compare them. But in the ACHA, uh, that that doesn't seem to be a Uh, an issue it seems like it's a pretty fair balance from east to west to midwest as far as uh, teams across the country and i think you saw this last year when you get to the national tournament there's 20 teams there and they're from all over the place
2: yeah they are i mean it's it's it is kind of interesting to to see that i mean there's always going to be some there's always going to be some um you know west teams it's going to be Teams in the in the middle of the country. There's always seems to be some teams from the east, so it kind of is a mixture of that. Yeah, the ACHA is interesting because you you kind of know the teams, but but there's also a lot of unknowns too. When you when you don't see, I'm sure there's teams out uh, east that really don't know the teams in the west side because they don't their games are on late or they don't have a chance to see them as play. And then the teams out west maybe don't focus on the east teams as much because they're always just worrying about. Their games as much and and stuff, so it's 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 a uh, it's kind of a it kind of has same same kind of things I guess in in that regard, but but it is a little bit different because there always does seem to be uh, more of a balance uh, than and I think that's by design. I think you you know with the NCAA, it can be it, you know because there's so few teams out. I mean, this it could all be loaded up by teams in the east and maybe not any teams out west that they get an opportunity or even in the Midwest for that, that matter, because, well,
1: I mean, and I'll end it on this one quickly because I don't want to go on all night about this, but uh, you look at the big 10 this year, uh, it's going to have a lot of teams going to the national tournament in years past. It's been the NCHC. Um, And I just, I, I guess before we get to tournament time, I'd really like to see these teams play, play each other, but we're back to that conference thing. And those teams in the conference don't, don't, have a lot of games to give if you will they have to play so many conference games and arizona state being one of the rare ncaa teams that can that can take on teams everywhere they can go across the country if they want they can bring people out here if they want Um, so i just think it's interesting and this weekend again i'll be at arizona state when rit comes to town and that'll be uh my first look at a top 15 team um in rit uh playing a team in the west so I don't know. I just thought that was an interesting concept. I don't think it's nearly as pronounced in the ACHA as it is in the NCAA. So, if you got nothing else, take it away, my friend.
2: I do want to mention that uh, we talked about a couple of games coming up uh, this weekend. Let me get those real quick here because I think it's important to know. Now, now we're kind of really. I think there's been a couple of. Everybody's pretty much has played games now again uh, this weekend, but. Uh, we touched. We touched on this. Um, UNLV has got a big series with with Liberty, uh, so that's going to be to one of those is the uh, midnight game. I think they call what, what they call it midnight uh, midnight may- mayhem. I think is what they call it, and so that's exciting. Uh, Utah is hosting Arizona this weekend, so that's that's like I said, that's a big series for Utah. Here again, you got two teams that are kind of right on the cusp, eighteen or sixteen and twenty, so both these teams really need need wins this weekend, but you know, one team could knock the other one down or can get boosted. So it's, you talk about, uh, you talk about that from earlier. That was, that's a scenario there where that, that could play a factor, uh, Arizona state and grand Canyon play each other this weekend in Phoenix, Arizona ice Arcadia, uh, Missouri state hosts, uh, Maryville. So that'll be, that'll be a big series there. Uh, Colorado hosts, uh, San Diego state university, as we mentioned, UNLV is at at Liberty. Uh, so that's, I think that's everybody That's, we need to mention. All Colorado State's at Al- University of Oklahoma. Uh, let's see. Yep, so that's pretty much the this, the games there. And I think they play each other the same night, the, or the same teams play each other the next night. So some big games. I mean, like I said, Utah-Arizona, that'll be a, a really big matchup there in Utah. Uh, UNLV and Liberty, again, two top five teams playing each other, uh, this time in Liberty. So uh, some big games in the ACHA this weekend, no question. As we tell you from the Summer Skate Studios, the Great West College Hockey Podcast was brought to you by the University of Arizona. ACHA D1 Hockey, a rich history, past, present, and future. By Summer Skates, whether you choose our original red, a custom logo, or our new black shower shoes, show off your game with style at summerskates.com. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos. No one does entertainment destinations better. UNLV Hockey. ACHA Division I Hockey, and a world-class education in any of our 300 majors. By M-Drive, real people, real results. Try M-Drive Boost to look and feel your best. Jesse Ray's Barbecue 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas. Check out their new location off Boulder Highway in Henderson, just behind us here, 308 North Boulder Highway. Be it a loaded in Vegas dish or a rack of ribs, this is barbecue, Las Vegas style. Drury Inn & Suites, our quality and value have earned us 16 straight J.D. Power Awards. Book your stay at DruryHotels.com. Liberty University, strengthen your faith, your game, and your education at Liberty.edu. And by Burrito Express, authentic Mexican food fresh from our family recipes with six East Valley locations. The Great West College Hockey Podcast and all of Ice Time Hockey West podcasts live every week on the Podbean app are also available for download, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Google Play Store, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, TuneIn app, basically anywhere you get your podcasts. You can also ask Alexa to turn on your ITHSW podcasts. The Great West College Hockey Podcast is a part of the IcetimeHockeyWest.com network.
1: Very well done, my friend. I will say a big thank you to everybody for uh, allowing us to go a half hour later tonight, uh, and also to Mike. And over at uh, Jesse Ray's Barbecue for serving up some great barbecue for us. We have, Stephen and I have food for the next four days. <laughs> it was that good. So uh, thanks to Mike and everybody over at Jesse Ray's Barbecue. If you're in Vegas, by all means, stop by, tell them Ice Time Hockey West sent you, and enjoy some great barbecue Las Vegas style. All right, we'll take a moment with little Roger Klein of the Peacemakers De Niro. Good night, everybody.